Before we dive into this episode, I have a quick message for you guys. You know I'm all about human optimization, performance, and liberation of the mind, body, and soul. So I have a few tools and resources for you guys to become the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. The first is Strong Coffee. Strong Coffee brings you that specialty coffee experience and a healthy, done-for-you pre-mixed powder that includes instant organic coffee, grass-fed collagen protein, and MCT oil powder to fuel your mind and body for hours so you can spend more time and energy on the important things of life. If you're like me and love coffee, love caffeine, you need to have strong coffee in your household. It's an absolute game changer. They have amazing flavors to choose from like honey lavender, which I'm absolutely obsessed with, vanilla, mocha, and plain black. Again, you need to have this in your household. It tastes amazing and it's really, really, really good for you. You can use my code FOSSUM at checkout for a percentage off your purchase. That's code FOSSUM, F-O-S-S-U-M, for a percentage off your purchase. The next is Ketone IQ. Ketones are nature's super fuel, proven to support energy, focus, endurance, and more. Developed alongside the U.S. military and top universities, Ketone IQ delivers all those benefits in one drink. No caffeine, no sugar, just clean, on-demand energy for superior physical and cognitive performance. You can get them in a bottle or a shot form. I take both. I absolutely love them. I take them before a podcast, before I work out, or any activity that I'm going to need some cognitive energy, focus, and clarity. It really kicks in and helps me get the job done. I did a podcast with Michael Brandt, the CEO and co-founder of HVMN, who produced these Ketone IQ drinks. If you want to learn more about that subject, I suggest you listen to that podcast. It was amazing. You can use code CALEB at checkout. That's K-A-L-E-B at checkout for a percentage off your order. Last but not least is Vibram Five Fingers. You guys know I'm all about that barefoot lifestyle. I firmly believe in living a barefoot lifestyle. I think it's healthy. I think it just strengthens the foundation of your life and your body and just helps you overall, again, with performance, optimization, and liberation. So Vibram Five Fingers is a shoe that helps spread your feet to give you that barefoot lifestyle. It divides your toes up to help spread that feet, strengthen your foundation, and give you that barefoot feel anywhere you go. I take them to the gym. I take them out. I take them when I go on walks. I like to wear my Vibram Five Fingers any chance I can. And again, it just gives you that barefoot lifestyle anywhere you want to go. I have a link with the discount code already applied to it. So all you got to do is click the link and check out for a percentage off and free shipping for your order of Vibram Five Fingers. I'll have all links and codes in the show notes. And I really hope that you guys take advantage of these tools and resources that have helped change my life. I hope they change yours. I genuinely use all these products and I really, really hope that you guys take advantage of this opportunity. So now an uninterrupted podcast. I really hope you guys enjoy and be uncommon. Welcome to Be Uncommon. I am your host, Caleb Fossum. And with me today, I have Dr. Cody Crockett. He is a human optimization consultant, holistic health coach, and world traveler. He's also just fucking jacked, um, so we love that. Um, but no, Cody's a dope dude and has such a cool outlook on life and his human experience, and I just wanted to have a conversation and pick his brain and um, you know, see what we get into today. So, Cody, thanks for coming on, man. Caleb, awesome, man. Happy to be here. Excited to see which direction our conversation is going to take today. It's going to be Hell a fun yeah. Hell yeah. So I met, I met Cody. We, uh, through a mutual friend of ours, a mentor I talk about quite a bit on here too, uh, Matt Komen. We did a, we did an episode with Matt like a year, like a year and a half ago. Um, 
but you guys are working together, which are just two great people, great minds working together. So that's awesome. But um, we met through through that. You guys came out to Austin, Texas. I linked up with Matt, met you, and I was like, damn, this dude's dope. So really happy that we get to hop on here, man. Yeah, Caleb, appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, it was quite serendipitous. Just out of nowhere, we were in Austin for a, a conference and networking event, doing some work there. And all of a sudden, Matt says, hey, I'm going to have my buddy Caleb show up. Mentioned this mysterious Caleb guy, kind of like <laughs> a chameleon, tapped into multiple different things. And Caleb shows up and it's like, yo, I really vibe with this dude right off the bat. And there's some really interesting topics. And I could tell that mm -hmm. uh, we could dive deep below the surface pretty quickly. So I picked yeah. up that with you real quick. And yeah, man, I know there's a lot that we're going to get into today. Oh, yeah. We're gonna, I mean, we met and we went straight to the garage, started like having deep <laughs> conversations and getting a pump in the garage before right. <laughs> going to an event. So uh, right up my alley. No, but so I, I love the human optimization, like the, just the title of that. Um, it's something that I really resonate with. I'm definitely not a doctor, but I just I'm very into human optimization, just optimizing your life. So, I mean, could you just go like talk to me about what that like what that entails? What is human optimization and, and what is a human optimization consultant? Yeah, awesome. Human optimization. So from a young age in my teens, I became obsessed with becoming the best that I could be. It began with sports and becoming the best athlete and becoming the best baseball pitcher, becoming the strongest, the fastest, and looking at as an athlete, how can I optimize and become the best athlete that's possible for me? And so it, it led me down this path of always looking for ways that I can improve. What are the ways that I can push the limits, push the boundaries so that I can become uncomfortable so that I can then pick up new knowledge, build myself up. And then as soon as I get there, realize that there's a whole nother level that I get to go. So on this journey of wanting to improve, wanting to grow, get better, realizing that once you get better, then you can see the next step. It's like getting to the top of the mountain and then you can look back and you see that, all right, well, there's a whole mountain range behind these mountains here that we get to climb. So this journey of human optimization is truly a journey because it's never ending. It's all about improving what we can improve and focusing on the things that we can change and doing that in a way where we can take what can be changed and we can learn what these variables look like in their ideal conditions or their optimal conditions. So in regards to an athlete, what can we do to become the fastest athlete that we can become? What are the variables that we can do to make it so you can come off the blocks faster, that you can have endurance for longer? What are the ways that you can finish strong? And so looking at all of this human optimization from an athletic standpoint, and then once I was finished as an athlete, um, debatable whether or not that ever ends, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, seeing how, what are the ways in life that I can optimize my health, my relationships, my finances, the community that I share my world with, what are the ways that I can then grow and make a greater impact in the world? So looking at optimization in regards to say our lives and the way that we can improve our health. And that means health of mind, health of body, health of spirit and emotions. And that's truly how I like to look at things is we have these 
four buckets. What are the ways that we can learn from our mistakes and we can have a vision for what optimal can look like? Because in order to know where we want to go, we have to have a vision for where we want to go, what that can look like. So we want to have a vision or an image, a crystal clear picture of what optimal looks like so that then we can take the step-by-step actions to get there. Mm, I love that. I, uh, I love that. And I love just human optimization. What you're saying just from, it's not even like a holistic perspective. It's just like a human perspective of all aspects. And it's the perfect, the quote that comes up from it, I think of human optimization is just how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's pretty much what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm going to be the best I can in all aspects and they all intertwine. You know, if I am doing, if I am doing the best to be healthy physically, it's going to help my mental clarity. It's going to help my relationships. It's going to help my career. Like it just all goes hand in hand. So I love just the optimizing this human experience, like being the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. So that's insane. Where, where did you, uh, where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm originally born and raised in a small town called Clyde, Ohio. I was okay. born and raised Ohio there. Boy. A, Ohio boy. Yep, that's right. So from there, I went to high school, grade school, university at the University of Finley. Uh, got my doctorate in physical therapy, degrees in strength and conditioning, health sciences, psychology. And from there, just to give you a little history, uh, mm-hmm. after college, university, I went off and did a traveling physical therapy gig for about four or five years uh, through the Southwest, Texas, Colorado, New Mexico. And ultimately then made the move to come to Alaska four years ago. And that's where I've been the last four years is up here in Alaska, soaking up these natural elements. I know you're really tapped into nature and the elements. And yeah, we got a high dose of it up here. And at this point, it's tough to imagine leaving this place. So Alaska is my home as of now. But yeah, born and raised in Ohio. And then a lot of travels in between that got me up here. Dude, Alaska, that's the second time Alaska's br- got brought up in my day today. But, um, dude, I've really? always wanted to go to Alaska. Like, what did you, um, did you ever think that you'd live in Alaska? No idea. No, it wasn't until I was, so I lived in Texas for a while down by Houston, a town called Beaumont. And when I was in Beaumont, you know, I was getting a lot of attention with the last name Crockett. Everyone's like, oh, David Crockett, are you related to David Crockett? So (laughs) he's very popular down there. And so everything came back to David Crockett was the king of the wild frontier. And from there, I had these ideas of, okay, well, I'm in Texas. That's the biggest state. Love Texas. But what's next? What haven't I seen? What's something that's extraordinary that I could go to this different world that is this new place for me to go? And that's where I stumbled upon Alaska. And now we have Alaska as the final frontier. So coming up here and just getting a high dose of the elements, nature, the wildlife, um, you know, they say that everything's bigger in Texas. Well, Texas is about half the size of Alaska. So yeah, it's pretty big up here. (laughs) I love that, dude. What do you, what do you do out there for as far, like, I know you're, traveling you do a lot of you're very outdoorsy i know you're like always hiking and doing stuff like what so what are you doing out in alaska um that you're that you're tapped into all the nature and natural elements yeah so uh up here uh 
I came up here originally as a clinician, as a physical therapist, and that's gone through an evolution these last couple of years as I've transitioned into, um, you know, three businesses that I have either I'm a founder, co-founder investments in, and then I work part-time as a clinician up here. And so that's my, you know, the business side of the career aspects side of things, we could dive into that if we want, but in regards to the nature stuff, the stuff that I'm truly like spiritually passionate about is I love backpacking, hiking, hunting, a little bit of ice climbing, skiing, snowboarding, uh, up here opportunities are endless to get outside. Uh, literally 15 minutes up the road here, I can be in a place that looks like Patagonia, like you're in the middle of nowhere. And in this area, we have different climates from, you know, we have the Chugach Mountains here, which is more Alpine tundra area. Uh, just 30 minutes south, we get into the rainforest and we get like girdwood, we get more of the, uh, you know, mushrooms, rainforest fields. And then Further up north, about two, three hours from here, we get into the in and the um, interior climate where it's more plains, uh, wildfires. It's uh, a completely different climate there. So we have these different climates and in each of these climates, you may have glaciers in one climate. And so uh, we could go to the glacier, you can do glacier hikes, you can climb the glaciers. You can also do say there's flight tours, there's, I mean, even hunting, there's places that you can hunt here that are really easily accessible. But a lot of times we have bears, moose coming into town. So it's so wild that the moose up here are like squirrels. You're going to drive down the road and you may see a moose on the left. Another mile, you're going to see a moose on the right. So it's truly the options are endless for getting outside up here. And summertime like this, a lot of my day is spent hiking, running, fishing, uh, hunting seasons coming up here soon. So I've been training for a caribou and a moose hunt coming up here. Ooh, so okay. it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Opening day is actually today up north for caribou and uh, it's still in the eighties up there. 80s, oh, wow. lots of mosquitoes. So I'm going to wait here a little bit. But yeah, this time of the year, we're transitioning from summer season. There's still a lot of fishing, but then getting more into the hunting. And that's really what I'm excited to do this season. What What do you think, like, why is it so important to stay tapped in with, with nature and do these things that you're doing? And, you know, whether just what, what, why do you do it? Why do you tap in? Why do you go hunting? Why do you go you know, ice climbing, what, what is the benefits that you get out of it? Great question. So throughout my life, I've had a very close relationship with nature. I was very fortunate in the way that I grew up with my family owning some golf courses that I was very involved with working there and working outside, working in nature, cutting down trees, digging irrigation holes, and really working with the land. So I got to spend a lot of my childhood outdoors, learning how to do things, be mechanical. And so along the way, I saw that I felt best when I was outside. And when I left college and I then went as a traveling physical therapist, I looked for locations that had mountains and I began in Colorado. And as soon as I moved to Colorado, I realized that, wow, this is here the whole time. Like this nature is always here and that I feel so good here. I can mountain bike. I can get outside and hike. I can work out outside 
instead of being in the gym and, you know, having great workouts in the gym, feeling great. I love going to the gym, but when I can get outside and move my body, it's like an amplifier to working out. And we could dive into why that is in the elements and what I've found in all the different areas that I've worked, the different populations I've worked with is the people that are tuned into the elements are way healthier. They have a different mindset. Their bodies move differently. Their bodies look differently. Their attitude is completely different. And the people that are disconnected from nature, they tend to be more overweight. They're eating poorly processed foods. They don't get sunlight. Their sleep is shit. So I saw pretty quickly that there's this huge chasm and this divide between the people that are connected with nature and disconnected with nature. And that's why essentially that drove me to create my business primal prescriptions, primal RX for short, because I was able to see that there's this power of nature. And when people can maintain that connection with nature and really tap into their true human nature, that's where they can really unleash their potential and heal their mind, their body, their emotions, and live a life at the highest level. And so there's no way around it. You can't just avoid nature and think you can do everything else because if you're missing the core essence of where you came from and your roots as a human being, you're missing out. So I've really felt this on a personal level. I've also seen this in my clients that I've worked with, the patients that I've worked with, and it's really evident in my Native American populations that I've worked with. Native Americans, Native Alaskans, they still have rituals. They have initiations for manhood. They have all of these celebrations that happen outside. And it's those people that have those roots still in nature that still have that connection, that live life more positively, and they have a greater sense of well-being. So yeah, nature plays a big role in my life. And it's something that I'm passionate about sharing with other people to help them see the power that nature can help them with as well. Dude, that's, that's amazing. Cause you know, personally I was not raised, uh, you know, outdoorsy at all. Like we did not, it was all just sports. Um, I mean, you're outdoors, but like I didn't camp, I didn't do like anything with my hands. And then like my girlfriend, she's from Hawaii and her, her dad is like so handy and like does all these things and he's chopping stuff up and he's cooking food he's fishing like so it's cool and i've always loved like the kids that i met you know throughout sports that would do all that stuff because it is different and then once you learn about nature and getting outside and doing these things and it's like a new world for me i kind of had to force myself into it but the benefits and then i love the the word primal like Mm -hmm. being primal our primal state of being like you said i mean we were we're we were born naked out here in the fucking floating rock in the middle of eternity that we came from the start. Like we're part of this. Like you said, this is, this is the origin of where we came from. We are one with it. And I would love to dive more into primal RX primal prescription about what, what does that all entail? What does being primal mean to you? Like, what does that mean for somebody to live a primal lifestyle? Yeah. Great question. I love the primal word too. Uh, I'm a little biased, but yeah, the word primal and just what it means to, you know, primal being primordial. It's like the prime essence of where we come from. And I like to look at primal or this aspect of being primal in regards to the four elements. And we have the four elements of earth, fire, air, and water. And with these four elements as a whole, just like 
we need to have sufficient dosages of vitamins. We also need to have sufficient dosages of these four elements. So I like to call these four elements as vitamin N nature. And so if we look at each of the different categories of these four elements, we have sufficient dosages of these elements and we have deficient dosages of these elements. For example, if we take the fire element, fire element can represent the sun, light, heat. The biggest way that it shows up for many of us today is through light and our light exposure. Our world now is more designed around artificial curation, meaning that we have fake lights, we have artificial lighting, we have our cell phones, we have our computers, and they're all emitting this blue light, this fake light. And this disrupts our natural rhythms of circadian rhythm, our natural rhythms of our bodies and nature together. And so if we have the this light that's telling our body that it's daytime, it's a way that we're fooling our bodies, our hormones, our minds into thinking that it's daytime, even though it may actually be midnight. And this is a big problem because with the advances of technology, it's a blessing to be able to light up the night, to have computers and technology, but it's coming with the cost of our health because having these fake lights, it's disrupting our natural rhythms. It's disrupting our natural balance of the fire element. So now that we have these fake lights, it's telling our body to, to be awake instead of following the rhythms of the rising and the setting of the sun, where we would naturally be told that it's time to wake up and start the day. And when the sun would set, then it would tell us that now it's time to wind down. Our body temperatures would change. The processes in our bodies would change. Our hormone prof profiles would change. And so we would have this relationship with nature where the fire element would tell us when to wake up, when to sleep, when to eat. And now that we have the artificial light, that's disrupting our connection with the fire element. And many of us lack that sufficient dose of the fire element to keep our body functioning well, feeling well, and ultimately performing at the highest level. So I bring this all, circ all full circle. The elements are very important because like we said, the elements are the building blocks of what we're made out of. That's our roots, where we come from. And if we think that we can disconnect from our roots and survive on our own, that's just not going to work. So you want to look at these four elements and what a sufficient dose would look like, and then find ways that for each of one of your listeners so that they can then dial in what a sufficient dose would look like. I love that. Um, I love that you brought the four elements into it because I mean, I didn't even, you know, like think about obviously like me personally, I'm, I'm starting to dive down this lifestyle of being more primal. I think I've, div I've kind of naturally like uh, gravitated towards it, but like these last probably I'd say two years, I like really have been trying to dive into this lifestyle and I never thought about breaking it up for elements as far as you actually like receiving you know, your benefits from each element, because it makes so much sense. That's a holistic, you know, perspective on it. Um, I love, I see you probably, you have infrared back there, don't you? Like, do you have infrared all up in your I house? I do. Yeah. I got the red light yep. therapy, uh, light strips all around the house. Yeah. Yeah. Great for circadian it's, it's, rhythm and, and keeping yourself synced up. A hundred percent. And, um, 
I mean, I love that you were touching on this. Like you said, this is a, it's a, it's two sides of the same coin. It's a double-edged sword as much as we're growing and all this technological breakthrough and all these things, it's making life easier, quote unquote. But like you said, in the long run, we're, it's at the cost of our health, like you said. And I think in, in a lot of other cultures and other countries of you, you travel, so I'm sure you know, is that they prioritize health. They prioritize well-being over work, over wealth, like over money, like over these things that I feel like we out here are prioritizing. We're always busy. We're busy being busy. Like we're not taking the time to connect and do the things. So I'd love to hear more about, you talked about being out in Alaska and working with different groups of people and they still have their rituals. I'd love to kind of, I am very fascinated with tribal, like tribal groups. And I honestly think mm. that's where we're going to start heading backwards. I think we're going to start going tribal. I think that's where the communities are heading. I think that's where the world's heading. I think it's going to start going tribal. Um, so I'd love to hear more about just those rituals that, that you've seen, maybe some that you do personally, if you have any rituals that you've kind of picked up on or you've enjoyed doing or seen, um, very interested in that. Yeah. It's really interesting to look at tribal living and some of the civilizations that were around before us. And then also the, the tribal living situation civilizations that are still around today. The biggest thing that I've noticed with some of these native communities is they maintain these rituals around hunting. And they have, say, in the, in the Southwest and in New Mexico, New Mexico, there was the the deer dance, and they would have a, a deer dance where there would be a, a dance, and then they would go out and they would hunt. And, and I'm leaving a lot of details out and probably butchering half the story, but uh, <laughs> just the point being that they have rituals around different seasons. No, just like we have the season of fall and there's say Halloween, there's autumn. They have rituals around the seasons as well. And a lot of their seasons are tied or a lot of their rituals are tied to the seasons, but also to hunting and an interesting perspective of say, where we're missing rituals today is in the world of when young men today enter manhood, there used to be rituals. There would be an initiation where in these communities, these tribes, they would remove the young man from the mother. And at that point in the man's life, the young boy's life, he would be pulled away in this dramatic situation where he would then be thrust into this group of the men in the, in the tribe. And the men in the tribe would then lead the boy out on this journey of doing his first hunt. And that was the first time where the young boy then got to surround himself with the men, with the elders who would then guide them down this initiation of getting his first kill, his first hunt. And then when the, after the hunt is complete, they all celebrate. The boy goes back into the tribe where they have the men and the women together. And now the women, the females of the tribe now have a greater level of respect for that boy. They now perceive that young boy is now a man because he's gone through the initiation. So he can now be a man. And that's something that we're missing today. And that's, I think, a big problem and why we see so many young men today are lost. They don't have examples of role models. They, we have so many Peter Pans and so many of these young boys that are in these men's bodies, but they're still 
playing video games. They're still, you know, looking at porn, living immature lives, dependent on their parents. They're doing these things that a boy would do, even though they're in the body of a man. So seeing that there's this huge disconnect in this initiation from boyhood to manhood. And that's something that we're missing today that a lot of these tribes continue to have. And I think that's something that really tapping into that in this world of being more primal. And in a way it's like so many of us now get to lead ourselves through a sort of initiation and there's ways we can do that. Or you can look for a community, a tribe, a brotherhood that then you can hold each other accountable and have your own sort of initiation and have your community and create, just like you said earlier, the tribal living. I think we're moving further into a tribal living situation as well. And I think that's necessary. So yeah, there's a lot of rituals. I think the biggest one that comes up for me was the, the men's ritual and the hunting ritual. Mm -hmm. And we can bring more of that into modern day. I think that's where, I mean, I know from experience, cause I've you know, done the work, done some deep inner work to yeah. initiate myself through rituals and also be in a community of men where we're in a group of 12 men and we had a ritual over a, a half a week long period. So seeing the mm. power of that and how that can then transform the trajectory of your life and your friends and your whole sense of self and well being, it's really powerful. It's something that I'm really passionate about bringing back to men, especially. No, I, you know, it's, it's people feel like they're walking on eggshells when they talk about that topic of, of what a man is and, and this aspect. But I do believe in rites of passage. I do believe there is a point in time because when you are in the military, when you're on a sports team, when you're doing jujitsu and earning belts, like there's rites of passages to earn more respect within the game that you're playing. And like you said, we're in this game of life. Like there needs to be some type of, yeah, initiation factor of, you know, and, and now it's, it's almost like, oh, you have more money. I have more money. You should respect me. But it's like, that shit doesn't matter. Like, right. We're talking about how are you as a fucking person? How, do you do hard shit? Are you constantly challenging yourself? Are you, you know, so I love that. And you talked about, so you've, you've gone through some work. I'm curious, like what type of ritual have you gone through as far as like this rites of passage that you have been like, okay, I am now initiated into, you know, manhood or this group and, and, or what would you like to see of rites of passage? And obviously every tribe would have their own rites of passage, but like, if you were to have one for a tribe that you, you know, what type of rites of passage would you kind of have? Yeah. Yeah. The rights, the, what comes up for me initially is a, a retreat I did with men, uh, probably four or five years ago at this point, even maybe a little longer. And it was this program called the King's Initiation. And there was an investment to get into this group. There was about 12 of us there. And it was a 12 week long program that we did where we would meet weekly and we would have uh, information that we would review lectures. We would have assignments, books we would read, like the way of the superior man, also the yes. three agreements, um, mm -hmm. the four agreements, right? Four agreements. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreements. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. All good. Yeah. yeah. The, the four agreements and reading these books. And then we would come and we would meet every week for 12 weeks at the end of that 12 week period. We all went off to Colorado and we had a, a wilderness lodge, uh, a very beautiful place tucked in the mountains up north of Boulder. And we all were there and 
within that period of time, we disconnected from technology. We all gave our phones in. We all were very present and we had a, a schedule that we went through. There was a, a journey that we went through over this, say, three-day period. And it all began with just getting very clear on why we were there and with where we were in our current situation of life and also getting clear on what the ideal, the optimal version of us would look like. What would the, the kingly version of Cody look like? And so I got to be very clear on what this version of me would look like. And then from there, we had journal prompts, we had exercises we'd go to, we had small group sharing, then we would come back to the group. And so we did this period of work over a couple of days where we did the journaling, we did the, the work of just getting clear on what's important to us. But then we also had the symbolism of say, a king putting on his crown. And for example, we had bandanas. And so we were given this bandana and when it was time for us to then step into that space, there was a line that we crossed. And as soon as we crossed that line, we would put on the, the crown, the bandana, and then we would take on a new name. And so it was very ritualistic where mm. we're stepping over the line. You're receiving this symbolic crown. You're declaring who you are in this new way. And from there, doing that work over a couple periods of days, it turned into there was physical competitions. We jumped in an alpine lake mm. together. We were doing boxing together holding each other accountable at a very high level. And it created a space where we could become vulnerable with each other's, with our brothers, and to be able to share things, be vulnerable, get feedback and get support. And that was really powerful because when you get support by others that see you in a way where you can be vulnerable, then you can receive such powerful feedback. And when you can take that and integrate that, you can truly shift your life. And so doing that, and then to bring that all to a close, we finished the whole King's initiation retreat with a closing ceremony of say three, four five hours where it was very sacred space that we had set up. And there was a chair at the front of the room and one by one, we were called to go up to the chair and to claim our throne as the King. And so we were there to sit in the throne, to state who we are, to state what we believe and this person that we get to be going forward. So it was a very powerful experience and mm. something that really made it sacred was the intention behind it all. And the mm. intention is very important with so many things, but to show up in a space where we all had a similar intention and to be on a similar wavelength with a similar purpose, we could all come together to keep each other accountable, support each other, and then to come out on the other side, going through this initiation all together where we can all look back years ago and say, wow, this was a point in my life that completely catalyzed the trajectory of where I was then and where I am today. So, Initiations can be very powerful and, you know, I've done smaller initiations along the way uh, over the last several years, but just 
looking at initiations and seeing how we can use micro initiations, but also taking leaps at these greater initiations can be so powerful for us, especially young men. That was, first of all, sounded really badass. Like that is something that, um, I think a lot of people are, are starting to finally tap into Like, There's a group out here in Austin, Texas called empowered brotherhood. Um, you know, they, some great, uh, you know, holistic coaches, relationship coaches, like a bunch of guys team up and they lead these workouts on Thursdays. And we have like a men's circle on Tuesdays where we could open them. And it's, it's, it's a very small investment, but like something like you did a big investment to go do something like that is incredible and holding yourselves accountable and, always being relentlessly curious, learning, there's lectures involved and there, there is a process to this. And I think initiation, all it is. And I think, like you said, there's this lack of purpose, lack of clarity that I struggle with as well as a young man trying to figure out like what the fuck, because I feel like the world is going this direction, but my primal instincts are pulling me back this other way that I'm like, fuck, like, I want to go towards that stuff. And I think what the initiation is, it's just the shedding of old characters and being able to fully step into the new character moving forward, like you said, as the king. And that's very, very powerful because in life, we have to shed shed constantly. We constantly shed old characters to step into new characters, new roles in our life. And I think that was so powerful. So thank you for sharing. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. And it, you nailed it on the head. It's one, shedding the old character, and then two, embodying this new character. In order for us to embody what this new version is, we have to have clarity on what that looks like. So just getting as clear as you possibly can on who this version of you is that you want to become, that way you can start to take on the character, the qualities, the behaviors that mm. this person does. Because if you don't have that clarity, if you don't have an image of what that looks like, it's very difficult to show up in that way. You have to know what that looks yes. like to be able to show up that way. Is there anything, because that's something that, you know, I, I definitely have a picture of the person I want to constantly be and the person I want to, you know, but as far as getting really clear on that, that I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is, is that actual clarity part of it. Like, you know, you want to be a better version, but like, what does that look like? What does that mean? What are the qualities? Is there, um, you know, are there specific things that you, that you've done or routines that you do to help you? kind of gain that clarity and, you know, kind of really put that into a picture for you and, and really make it clear exactly the qualities and exactly what, what you want to be. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. So I do, I have a journaling practice, which has been very helpful for me through the last several years. Um, sometime it waxes or wanes where I'm doing more. There may be periods where I do a little bit less, but having guidance, in the initial stages when I was first beginning to journal more seriously, say eight or 10 years ago, I had prompts at the time. I had more structure at the time that I would follow. And this is stuff that I do on a deep level with a lot of the, the one-on-one -on -one clients that I'll have with Primal RX. Uh, a certain subset of the men that I work with are, they're lost in a way where they don't even know what, where they want to go in life, where they want to start. So a lot of it is just getting clear on what's your goal. And what do you value? What's important to you? When you can get a, a clear understanding of what you value and what's important to you, then you can start to get an idea on, okay, if these are my values, then who do I need to be to 
embody these values. If I'm a disciplined person and I value discipline, well, how would a disciplined person behave? And when I understand that a disciplined person is going to take action, especially when they don't feel like it, then I can start to find ways where I can see myself being disciplined or not being disciplined. So understanding what's important to you and understanding what your goals are, are step number one to really getting clear on what this version of you looks like. So for me, it's been a journey of it's, it's a journey of change. So what's important to me today is different than what was important to me two years ago, which is different than what was important to me five years ago. And I have, I have so much more clarity today on what I want out of life, why I'm here and what the ideal version of me looks like that it's like, I can feel that now more than ever, which makes it so much easier for me to embody and to show up every single morning. When I remind myself that this is who I am, this is how I want to show up today. These are the qualities of what I want to embody today and to get clear in all the aspects of life from relationships to finances, to health, spirituality, to career. So if we look at those five buckets and we can have goals for each one of those five buckets, I may have health and fitness goals. I may have relationship goals and doing that for each of those five buckets. Then when we have each of those five buckets in an optimal way and have a vision for those, then we can work on taking the steps to optimize those buckets. So getting clear on say like in relationships, what is my ideal relationship look like? What do I want my wife to look like? Not just physically, but the relationship with my wife, how we communicate with how we interact with each other, with the time that we get with one another, getting very clear on what that optimal situation could look like. And then from there reverse engineering, the person that you need to become in order to have that relationship. And we can do that with all of those five different aspects. So yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I know a hundred percent. And I, I definitely want to, uh, I want to unpack that, but what you, what you brought up, you said change and I'm a firm believer in that change is the only constant it's, you know, we have these seasons and what you said, what is important to me today was not important to me two years ago and everything looks different and that's okay. And it's okay to change. And I think, you know, even personally, you know, I'm 25 and I still feel like I'm just so behind that I don't always know exactly what I want to be doing, you know? And I think that's just this part of life that everybody needs to understand is like, there's no rush and everybody's at their own pace when they come to this point where you're like, no, that's what I want to be. And you have to go through different trials, tribulations, experiences and situations to learn to be like, Oh, okay. I want that. I don't want that. You know, and you're just constantly adding to this person that you want to be and taking things away. And you're just constantly learning in the arena um, of life. And I absolutely loved everything that you talked about, the, the buckets. I definitely want to dive more in to um, Primal RX. I'm losing. I had a question to ask you with that, the change. Um, it'll come back to me, but yeah, it'll come back to me. It was, good, it was a good one too. I lost it. I lost <laughs> it. You're talking about change. Yeah. The, uh, the goals change from, you know, with where I was a year ago, two years ago. So it's constantly reassessing and mm. assessing, okay, well, this is who I wanted to be six months ago. 
am I acting in accordance with that? Have I yes. showed up disciplined? Has I showed up as, you know, a strong, emotionally controlled man? Being able to yeah. assess ourselves and do that on a regular basis. I like to do it every quarter. And at the end of each year, I like to mm. go a little bit deeper. A lot of times I may go off into nature for an extended period of time or a retreat to really dive deep and assess, am I on track for my goals? Short-term, medium-term, long-term. I think that's the point where you're, if you're losing clarity or you, or you need some, I think, like you just said, going into solitude, going into nature, being silent, like really going inward to get the questions or to get the answers to the questions that you seek. And like you said, you have to see how you're showing up in order to attract the things that you want. That's what it was. It was reverse engineering. Mm. You talked, it, it's starting at the end. I love that, that whole concept of starting at the end and reverse engineering to get that because that's, that's what I think saying, like, I want to get there. Okay. How do I get there? And I reverse engineer, but also the how has just come up by doing, by, by being in the arena, by doing shit and learning and the how just starts to expose itself. I love that, but I'd love to get more into Primal RX. So this is your, is this your human optimization, holistic coaching? Like, this is just what I feel like it's just lifestyle. Like it's hard to like, Hey, this is a fucking lifestyle. Like this is optimal it is a fucking lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, that's really what it comes down to is primal rx began as a way to just as a platform to share the power of nature and then using that as a way to then add value to share that knowledge and then also now it's like i have my coaching clients my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients that i work each one's a little bit different but it tends to be mm -hmm. primarily male that want to get fitter and better shape they may have troubles with confidence they may feel like they can't attract the woman that they want. So a lot of these things can be solved through doing the inner work. And this has led me down this path of doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching, which I still do. If people are interested, they can apply to work with me. But more so recently, I've been developing this program around a men's aesthetic physique and building a program specifically for men so that they can then start to embody more of their masculine strength to step in and to claim their confidence and to build an aesthetic body. And so I have this course that's actually releasing uh, next week, uh, August 15th, where it's going to lead men through that journey, through that process, integrating a lot of these transformative exercises, retreats, things that I've done, all sort of, you know, masked in the way of get the aesthetic body, get the confidence, the masculine strength, because a lot of times personal growth is as sexy as the, the aesthetic body or the confidence. So really putting it in a way where you're going to get the aesthetic body, the confidence, the strength, but you're also going to learn a lot about yourself along the way. And that's really where the power comes from. And this is truly a transformative program that can change people's lives. And so really packaging a lot of this information into a course that can help men on a greater level, because I'm only one person, one-on-one -on -one coaching is great, but there's so much more impact that I know that I can make out there. And there's a lot of men that are craving for this information. I mean, I see it all the time. I hear about it on a daily mm -hmm. basis that they're looking for this information. So really providing that and to share a lot of the knowledge and the work that I've done on myself and 
that I continue to do because like I said, it's a process, it's a journey, it's a continued process of growth. But taking this in my experience and to share that with others and to also form my own tribe and community along the way. Because as men, I feel like it's you know my duty as a man with the experiences that I've had, the knowledge that I've gained, the wisdom that I've gained, I feel a sense of duty and responsibility to help men, to help lift men up, to be able to create the lives that they want. And in doing so, not only is it going to help men, but it's going to help women. It's going to help their families and it's going to help the generations to come because everyone's focused on this toxic masculinity stuff and they're beating men down and lifting women up. And a lot of men are now being, you know, more timid, more shameful around being a boy or a man. And it's doing a disservice to our young boys. And I mean, it's very evident to see when we see all the women asking where are all the real men at, we have the women acting more like men and the men acting more like women. So there's positive and healthy ways that men get to show up in a more masculine, strong way. And it begins with embodying and taking responsibility for themselves and being able to lead themselves first before they can lead a woman. Because if a man can't lead himself, he can't lead a woman. Other men aren't going to respect him. Other women aren't going to be attracted to him. So it all begins inside and taking leadership and responsibility for yourself and showing and proving that you can do this work on yourself. And that then gives you the confidence and the respect to be able to do that for others as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Drop the fucking mic. It was, it's a, uh, no, seriously. I mean, you talk, I mean, I've, uh, the, the, the leadership role, like you, there's a way to go about it. And you could tell by people's energies. I love, uh, one of the guys from empowered brotherhood, his name's Darcy. I don't know if he's listening, but shout out to my boy, Darcy, but big fuck. He's just jacked this huge, this mountain of a man. And he went on and he, he posted this video saying, when you're an alpha, you don't announce that you're an alpha. Everybody just knows, right? There's this big like alpha mentality right now. Like, oh, I'm an alpha dog. Like, no, dude, are, you're, you're just, are you taking care of yourself and showing up with the energy and the confidence because you've done all that inner work? Like the alpha doesn't announce or claim himself as the alpha. So like you said, being a leader and just doing the inner work and being the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. And then going to then serve the world, it trinkles down. Like you said, it helps, it helps young men. It helps women. It, it, it trinkles down. And it's not just men, but also I do think men are a big part of this tribe. That's, that's from ancient times. You are the leader. You are the hunter. Like that's just biologically what the fuck we're made of is to go out there, lead, hunt, and fucking provide. And that's just part of life. And, um, yeah, man, so much to unpack there, but that was, that was incredible. Cause I really, I really love that. So your course is coming out, got to cop that. And I love that, you know, you preach this lifestyle, but you embody it. So people that aren't, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can obviously see what Cody looks like, but it's, but seriously though, that's a part of it. I'm a firm believer in your meat suit and what you are putting out. Like you said, the aesthetic, like, I don't like when people claim that they're this, this coach or this thing, but they're out of shape or they're, you know, Oh, I, I do this. And, um, but you're, yeah, you know, and I, I Hey man, live the lifestyle you want to live, whatever, but don't preach if you're not in the arena. Like you're in the arena. You can tell by the way you speak about things, your knowledge, your energy, um, your aesthetic, like you live this lifestyle. You're not just fucking out here like, oh, you take my course. Like, no, this is your life. This is what you do. Yeah, that's right. It's I mean, 
we are a testament to the things that we do. And the person that I am, it's like reflected in my body, the way that I speak, the way that we communicate. And it's not just me, but it's everyone. And so the people that we see on a daily basis, you can you can get a grasp on the type of person that they may be or the things that they're interested in, their thoughts, behaviors, actions within two minutes of meeting someone. That's why when I vibe with you pretty quickly, I'm like, all right, he's dialed in. He's got six pack. He's smart. <laughs> he can go deep. And when you connect with someone like that, you know pretty quickly that they're dialed in. And there's so many people out there that are trying to sell the thing. They're trying to, you know, act as if they're the they're the expert saying that they're the alpha dog. Well, just like you said, if you got to announce it and you got to tell it, then you're not, it just, it is what it is. And there's no reason an, an alpha dog isn't going to brag about being an alpha dog because then he's going to be a, a beta buck. So I love it's that. just by being that person when you, when you be something. So when you embody it's, you're taking on the qualities and characteristic you're being your sense of being is that energy. And when you can be in that energy, that vibration then is felt by others. They can feel that they can feel on a deeper level than, than just the words that you say, the way that you look, they feel that energy. And so when you can embody that, it's clear and it's obvious when you meet someone that's tuned into that. And those are the people that have the respect. And that's something that I didn't used to have that the version of me I am today is something that's taken a lot of work for me to get here. I'm 33 years old. Now I started this personal growth journey when I was 23 years old, 24 years old. And this is like a day after day doing the work, putting in the time, the reps, the effort, doing the uncomfortable challenges, overcoming the obstacles, being willing to fail and shit. I've failed multiple times in multiple things. And those are the times that I've learned most and I wouldn't be where I am today. But just having the courage to get uncomfortable, to have the courage to change. So many people are afraid to change because they're in their box. They're in their friends. They don't want to upset their partner. They don't want to upset their family. They're afraid of what their friends and their family are going to think. And so there's all this pushback to prevent people from changing. And it's been fortunate for me in my journey, as I've moved across the country five different times that I haven't had to carry a lot of that with me. I've been able to reinvent myself and to show up in a new way without others trying to keep me with where they felt comfortable. Because when other people see you growing, mm. it's going to make certain people uncomfortable and they're going to want to pull you back because their reference of what they thought was normal and acceptable has now changed. Because if you see me getting out of my comfort zone, creating new opportunities in life, living on the edge, that makes some people uncomfortable because their idea of who they thought I am and who what they think is possible is now ripped wide open. So... I've lost friends because of it, but I've also made new, amazing friends because of it. And so just having that courage to change and being willing to step into the discomfort, accept the discomfort, that's where you're going to find the peace on the other side. It's going up that stage, those levels of consciousness where you can go from courage to acceptance to peace, and raise your vibe up. And this stuff isn't just hokey pokey stuff. This is stuff we can actually measure vibe now. Being able to 
move up the ladder, that's when a lot of that stuff from the past is going to fall away. You can shed the skin of the version of you previously, and you can continue to move forward towards that version that you want to be. And the more that you can show up and be in that energy, the more that you're being in that energy. And one day you're just going to decide that, all right, I guess I am now. I've done this so many times and I've shown up in this way day after day that, yeah, I guess I am after all. It's like, we're constantly trying to chase the thing. And one day I'm going to be this person. One day I'm going to achieve this one day. I'll be at this place when it's a process of doing the thing day after day. And then one day you're just going to decide that, Oh, fine. Okay. I guess I am like, then you get to be, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's the, that's the compound effect. And there's a lot of things that came up for me, man, when you were talking and, and the first one was like, yeah, this, this whole alpha mentality, right. Of, and that's something that you talked about having an energy. When you walk into the room, you feel it. People just feel it. You exert it. It's who you are and it's authenticity. And the only way to get it is to go inward. You can't buy it. You can't fake it. It's, it's real work that you have to do internally and to put yourself in tough situations to grow and to use fear as your compass. And then I loved how you talked about, you know, when you're losing friends or you're going through this process of shedding these old characters and people still have this idea of you, these expectations, it's the limit theory of, and, and people placing their insecurities, projections and expectations onto you. And once you finally understand that they're is no limit. It's the only things that you're placing on yourself and you have the power. I love that. And when you elevate, there's no need to really change, change your surrounding. You start to attract the people into your life that you need and that you can't be, you're not, you should, you shouldn't be the smartest, right? You shouldn't be the smartest dude in the room. You shouldn't be the, you shouldn't be the strongest dude in the room. You should always be surrounding yourself with people that are better and you naturally attract that when you grow. So I love that you said you might lose some people, but so many people are scared to stir up the tribe, man. And that's why your tribe is so important. The people that you surround yourself with, the content you're consuming, the books that you're reading. Like, I love that. The way that the superior man should be a book for all young men at some point in their life to read. Like it, I, I read it uh, about a year and a half ago, but it changed everything for me in the sense of like my relationship with my girlfriend, how to understand that, like how to understand myself. Like it was... It is a very, very powerful book. So I love when you brought that up too. Yeah, it's truly one of the most life-changing books that I've read. Um, actually, from time to time, usually once a, every six months or so, I'll listen to the audio book again or, or just pick certain chapters, go through certain sections of it because it's yeah. stuff that, you know, every day, it's a process of continuing to do this day after day. Because if, say, if I do this now and I get myself to a point where I'm really happy now, but then I stop doing the things that are aligned with that person I want to be, then I can fall off. I can fall back. And so it's a process of doing the thing continually, staying on the journey, embracing the process because you could stop and you could fall backwards. It's just a matter of, are you going to stay down when you fall off or are you going to be able to pick yourself back up? There's times when we're going to fall off and, a testament to how well you can get back up and how fast you can get back on the horse. That's the people that are successful. The people that are most successful are the ones that fall off continually, but they can get up so fast that they're not, they don't even think about it. They just get back on the horse and they keep going back to the process. They stay on the journey. They fall off, they get up, boom, next day they're back on it. 
see it all the time with people and their diets. Oh, I ate this diet. I went out Friday night. I had a couple of drinks and then I overslept, missed my workout the next morning, blew the next day. And then all of a sudden that's the time of which they fell off. And then they never get back on where somebody in a different example, they would go out, they maybe have a couple of drinks, they go home, they get up and they do their workout the next morning. They continue to be on the bandwagon. There may have been say 12 hour period where they made some decisions that allowed them to have fun, to go out to party, to socialize, but they didn't stop. They didn't allow that to stop them from staying aligned with their highest being. They still showed up, they got it in. So that's the type of person that's going to see the success, the person that can be disciplined, the person that can take the action and the person that doesn't have the excuses. Everybody has excuses. I've heard them all. I don't need to hear anymore. If I hear them, I just immediately know they're not the type of person I want to work with. And they're not the type of person that's going to have success. I mean, just because someone shows up and applies for my coaching or just because I have a client walk into the clinic with a prescription to come see me doesn't mean I'm going to accept them. I turn people away all the time. It, they have to have the right mindset and actually be willing to learn, be willing to do the work. And that's what I encourage all the listeners to do is to be willing to do the work, to be open, to be willing to do day after day, the process of becoming the person that you want to become because nobody else can do it for you. You have to do the work and you have to be willing to do the work. The people that are in the victim mindset, people that think that the world is out to get them, those are the people that I can't help. The only thing that they can get help from is from helping themselves. And then from there, that's where they, if they're open and they're willing, then great, we can help them. But if somebody's in the victim mindset, I'm just going to keep moving. No. There's plenty of people out there. I can't, I can't even be surrounded by victims anymore. I, I made that a point in my life about two years ago that I was like, listen, I will not be surrounded by any victims. You have to take responsibility for every single thing that happens in your life. And I find myself in that trap too. We all, I mean, every day there's something that'll, like, that can come up that you can easily fall into the victim. Like I got into a car accident and like, do I think it was my fault? No, but I have to take responsibility for what the fuck happened. I have mm -hmm. to figure this out. Like this is, this is the current reality. It's, it's my reality. It's unfolding in front of me. Um, and I like when you said, dude, this is a, this lifestyle is a daily and moment to moment commitment and decision. You make decisions moment to moment, whether you're going to do what aligns with your highest self or not. And it's very hard. It's a daily thing. Like you said, you have to make the choice to wake up early in the morning, do your work, do your workout, do your coursework, do your journaling, do your meditations. Oh, well, I have work. Okay. We'll wake up before work or do it before after work. Like you have to find ways to commit to this higher self. If you really want to shed those old characters. And like you said, it's, it's just to start to do the work, the willingness to do the work, be open. And one of the pillars on this show is relentless curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's always putting yourself in the arena and wanting to learn. And if you aren't, I mean, all I've learned uh, as far as on, on this journey that I'm on, you know, self-development, I want to, you know, be world-class, whatever the fuck I do. All I've learned so far is that I don't know shit about <laughs> shit. That's all I've learned is that like, the more I dive down to this, the more that you have to learn. And it's amazing because like you said, it's never ending. You're never going to have it all. You're never going to be perfect. And that's the beauty of it is that it's just the beauty is in this journey getting to your high, highest self. Yeah, it really is. It's day after day. It's being willing to do the work. And so much of it begins with our mindset. And that's truly step one is, 
awareness. So if we can at least have awareness or if someone can admit or have awareness that they have these, say, victim mindset tendencies or these thought patterns of, say, nativity, as soon as you have awareness, then you can start to be, you can catch when you're in that, those loops, those loops of thought. Awareness is number one. And from there, that's when you have a decision you can make. You can make a decision to change. And so when you have awareness, you can decide that either I like this or I don't like this. It can decide that I'm going to keep doing this or I'm going to change. I'm going to do something different. And so by making that decision to do something different, that's where you can start to take control. But the problem is that it requires responsibility to do that. And so many people today don't want to take responsibility because if they take responsibility, then there's a, a sense of, I did this or it's my fault. So if something goes wrong, then they have to basically take ownership for what went wrong. Now people don't want to do that because so many people are in a state of, they don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to take fault for things. And so it's a big problem because now we have a, a time when nobody's taking responsibility, which if we're not taking responsibility, we're taking on the role of the victim. So by deciding to change, it takes responsibility for yourself. And from there, that's where you can lead yourself in a new direction. It may not be easy. There's going to be times where you don't feel like it. And when you don't feel like it, it's important to embody discipline and to take action when you don't feel like it, but it's through that awareness and through that responsibility and making the decision to change that you can then take your power back and lead yourself in a direction towards who you do want to become towards the life that you do want to live, but it takes responsibility and it takes deciding to make a change. And then, like I said before, having the courage to make the change because it's not an easy journey. Sure. You get to see people that have gone through the journey and it looks like, oh yeah, they have the success. They have the body, they have the money, they do this and that. It just happened to them. No, you didn't get to see all the yeah. troubles that you go through along the way. The things that you fail at, the times when you're really down and you're in the, a state of the dark night of the soul when you're stuck in negative thoughts and it's really difficult to pull yourself out of that. But when you can go through those times and you can go through those experiences and come out the other side, that gives you confidence to know that you can weather the storm. Because when you have the power to be something or when you have the power to be with something, then you are powerful. To, to be powerful is the ability to withstand whatever comes, whatever is. So when you can be powerful, you can be with whatever is. And so by being able to go through these challenging times and to lead yourself through this, it takes practice. Fortunately, I've been able to have guidance in some of the tough times for myself and through getting support and getting mentorship through those times. It's allowed me to find the ways within myself of how I can help to self help myself, how I can keep myself accountable mm -hmm. and help to catch my mind when it may get off track, how I can bring it back. There's so many strategies that we can do for that because our minds are a powerful tool, but not always a powerful leader. 
So we can't always trust mm. our thoughts, but we can choose the way that we think and we can choose what we respond to. So yeah, it all comes back to our mindsets. That's step number one is being able to acknowledge where our minds are. And I've seen people that have had victim mentalities and victim mindsets and be able to change those radically. And as soon as they come out of that, it's like their whole energy is different. Who they are is a yeah. completely mm -hmm. different person. And that's when then you start to attract new experiences, new people and a yes. new way of life. Yeah, that, I mean, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I'm a, I'm a big uh, fan of Robin Sharma. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a, uh, he's a leadership coach. He, he is like, he coaches world changers and Titans in business. And he's got some awesome books. The first book I read by him was the monk who sold his Ferrari <laughs> changed my life. And then um, he's the author of the 5am club. I haven't read that one, but I'm reading his book called the everyday hero manifesto. And it's pretty much about being world-class and everything that you do. And you touched on it. One of his, his processes is it's like ACR. And it's when you become aware, that first step is awareness, like you said, which leads to better choices is the word that he used. And then choices equal better results. So very mm. similar, you know, framework that you said that that's what popped up for me. And then also what you said, same guidelines as him. I think you'd really like him, Robin Sharma. He's a, I'm taking his course right now. It's very, very good. Nice. And um, he, uh, he talks about, yeah, you see all these successful people you want to be in the top 1%. You want to be world-class in what you do. You have to do what the other 95% aren't willing to do. It's like The Rock. I think of Dwayne The Rock Johnson all the fucking time. That guy, I mean, the people are like, yeah, he's a success, all this stuff. The guy has to wake up at 4 o'clock to work out because that's the only time he fucking has time to do that. And then, you know, you have all these things, these obligations, these things to do to keep this this thing that you're building, this brand, this awareness around yourself, like – when you're world-class at something, you have to be doing what others aren't willing to do. You have to separate yourself. You have to put yourself in front. You have to lead the pack, man. And so that's why, I'm, that's why I love that you touched on that. Like you have to do the work. If you're not willing to do the work, you're not going to be successful because someone else is. You nailed it, Caleb. You nailed it, bro. You have to be willing to do the work. You have to be willing to do the things that others aren't willing to do. If you want to have an extraordinary life, you have to take extraordinary actions. You get to live in an extraordinary way. You don't just get the thing. You have to be the person. You have to do the things, and then you get to have the result. So becoming extraordinary or optimal, optimizing your life, it takes being that person first. You have to be in alignment with what it is in order to have that life, to have that sort of lifestyle. So yeah, I'm going to check out Robin Sharma. It sounds like it's very aligned with something I'd be interested in. Uh, there yeah. was another, he's, there was he's another dope. thought that I had that I lost. Um, anyways, yeah, it'll come back to me. Yeah, no, it will. It will. But uh, yeah, dude, it's, it's, this is exactly the, the vibe that, like, you know, we're obviously on that similar vibe of just, man, just fucking do the work, man. And do and intentionally, continuously put yourself in challenging, uncomfortable situations. That's the only way to grow. Like, you can't sit in that comfort zone and, well, it's nice here. And like, no, you're never, you're never going to grow to the person you're going to be if you don't do hard things. And so um, I'm curious, who are some people that, um, you know, you look up to, you're inspired by, um, you know, books, whatever the case is, like, what are some inspirations for you and your lifestyle? Yeah. Back to the, the thought that, uh, previously, and then I'll speak about just mentors Perfect. books. Um, 
Yeah. Being willing to do the work. So many people aren't willing to do the work and the society now is moving in a direction of telling people to live based off their feelings, tap into their feelings and let their feelings guide the decisions that they make. Well, that's a slippery slope because if you're allowing your feelings to dictate your actions, your feelings aren't always going to align with the version of you that you want to become. If you feel like eating pizza and you don't feel like going to the gym and you listen to that, then you're never going to get an aesthetic body. It doesn't matter how much you feel that this is the way for me to live. You're just not going to get the aesthetic body. You have to be willing to make the sacrifices. You have to be willing to delay gratification. Our world now is so based off of instant gratification. Social media, it's a big thing. I mean, I've, I've removed social media from, from my phone here, Instagram, Facebook, the last couple of weeks. And the mentality that I have now is completely different because I see what just the constant instant gratification that we're getting. Social media has turned into basically porn. I mean, I mean, essentially like hardcore porn, not even softcore porn anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, like straight up. So seeing what that does to our minds and see how it's giving instant gratification, what it does to, I'd recognize what it does to my mindset. And I'm very aware of that. But how many people are out there that aren't aware of their minds? They don't have that awareness of themselves and just stuck in these patterns of instant gratification. They may think it's a great idea and they may be interested in changing their life and getting the body, the confidence, the strength and living this extraordinary lifestyle. But are they willing to do the things? Are they willing to delay the gratification? Are they willing to be disciplined and to take action when they don't feel like it? It may be a shitty ass day outside, rainy and cold, and you're supposed to run. Are you going to get out and run? Well, a person that is really committed and willing to do the work is going to actually do that. You may need to sacrifice sleep in order to get ahead. The person that's willing to do the work is going to be the one that actually gets the success. So being, being willing to delay gratification is such an important thing that it really can't be overstated that when we can delay gratification and to become disciplined, that's when we get to actually have the life because we're being and we're taking actions and doing the things that then we get to have the result. The result at the end of the day, that's what we get. That's the gift. That's the having. So many people are trying to have the thing before they do the stuff or they become the person. It's like, you know, they don't want to do the inner work. They don't want to do the actions necessary to have the stuff. They're trying to do things in reverse. They're trying to have, and then they can the thing and then they'll be the person when it's ass backwards it's be do have so just wanted to respond mm -hmm. to that um no i i love that i, I dude i i love that because opportunity costs like you said and i think that's what's so beautiful about when you play sports um you know being in the military uh, you know being a part of a tribe like you said like there's times when you don't want to do shit and you have to tap in and fucking do it do i want to go to a 5 a.m lift Fuck no. I never want to be. I, when I was playing Division One football, I was fucking debating my life every single day mm. in that locker room. But you keep persevering. You keep pushing through in these good moments and, you know, the wins, the touchdowns, whatever the case is, you get that gratification later, delaying it, like you said. Or recently, I mean, I've tapped into this Robin Sharma course and I've been waking up at 5 a.m. as much as I possibly can, even on the weekends. Sometimes I press news till 6. I fucking hate myself, but I'm trying to 
trying to get there at 5 a.m. and then force myself to go to jujitsu on nice. days and then go to the gym, right, right, do these things. And in the moment, I never want to be fucking doing it. Like today I woke up and I was like, oh my God, dude, like, you can easily just not go. It's so easy just to not go and go back to bed. But I'm like, no, fuck that. And I keep having to check. And this is the first time in a long time because I was, I was, I was pretty much a psycho in football. Like I would have, I would have done anything. I would have died to be the first one in the locker room. Like that was my walk on mentality. And so talking to my you know, friends, it's once you leave that world or you leave something that you've been a part of for so long, that was kind of the way of life. Like that was what had to be done. Like, you know, in order to be successful in that field, you're so clear on your goal. You want to go to the NFL, you want to do these things, you want to win. So you have to do these hard things. So when you're out of it and you're on your own and you're going through this life as a young man or whatever the case is, you have to be so self-disciplined, so self-sufficient, so reliant on you pushing yourself and holding yourself accountable. And that's where the, it gets hard. And that's why these groups that you said, these tribes, that's important to have people hold you accountable and push you. So I'll tell that into the, the mentor question, you know, like who are people that, you know, hold you accountable that you look up to that keep you going? Yeah. So yeah. And on the aspect of sports, it's, we have that accountability at the time and we're in a tribe at the time where we're doing the things we're, we get support and there's pressure. Uh, you know, it's, I heard, uh, <laughs> Andrew Tate recently has been pretty popular and, uh, he made a comment that I yeah. really liked and he said, it's a lot easier to be brave around other brave people. It's a lot harder to be a coward. If you're surrounded by brave people, we could look at the reverse of that and say, it's a lot harder to be a brave person in a group of cowards because you have to be the black sheep. You get to be the outstanding person, the one that doesn't fit in. And that's what, what happens when we're in a group of people that are aligned on a similar mission. So with sports, you have a similar mission. It's to win the game. And so you have your brotherhood, your team helping you to, to move forward, you get to perform at that high level because you can't let your team down. Well, the same goes for the community, the people that you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with high level people, people that hold you to a higher standard, then you're going to hold yourself to a higher standard and you're going to lift them up to a higher standard. So it's all around the people that you surround yourself with. And for me, mm from a younger age, when I was finishing university and transitioning from this phase of university and college into who is the man that I want to be? What is this life I want to live? I was in a period where I felt lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just finished physical therapy school. I didn't want to be a physical therapist. And so feeling lost, like I didn't have anyone that really understood where I was in that situation, not having friends that were really aligned with and wanting to hold myself and hold ourselves to a higher standard. So I was in this place where I was spending a lot of time by myself. And from there, I realized that, okay, well, I can start to read these books, you know, the way of the superior man, the four hour work week got really into Tim Ferriss's stuff was housed school of mm -hmm. greatness. A lot of these like, original podcasts, when they first started coming out, I was really plugged into podcasting from the start. The YouTube from the start coach, coach Corey Wayne was one of the first YouTube channels that I watched. And still to this day, uh, from relationships to life, man's purpose. And so really getting books and podcasts and information 
And then from there, I started to, on the internet, I came across, um, it was actually my, my first mentor, Phil Drolet had posted something on Facebook and I don't even remember how I came across him, but he had said something to the degree of, if this describes you comment in this post and I'll send you a message. And I, I did it, had a call with Phil. I was in a position at the time where I didn't really have much money to make an investment into personal growth or this mastermind, this tribe. This, So I really wanted to do it because I felt like speaking with Phil, he was communicating to me that there was many other men just like me that felt like they were lost, like they didn't have people aligned on what their similar path in life should be or what they want to be. And so I saw that with Phil and that was the first investment I had made into really diving into a men's group. And from there, it led to me and Phil working together, you know, four or five different times. We ended up going to Peru for a, a retreat together there for ayahuasca. And through that journey of just working with Phil, I got to meet many of my friends who are great friends today. Um, one of them, my friend, Daniel Karan, who is my partner in Puffle Subliminals, a business that we've created over the last couple of years for mindset. So just being able to invest in myself, to meet some of these mentors, meet mm. these friends, to network. Now I'm seeing this pay off because it was about nine, 10 years ago that I had made that jump. And now today seeing how the fruits are, they've come, the fruits are blue, blooming and blossoming because now I get to see where these friendships have led, what it's allowed me to embody in myself. And now I have these friends, these brothers that I went through a King's initiation with. I did these retreats with where we hold each other accountable still today. We still have that relationship where we want to live life at a high level and we're willing to have difficult conversations. We're willing to do challenges with each other. And so really seeing how it began with books, podcasts, when it comes to specific people. I don't think anyone on this that's listening will be familiar with Phil. He's a, tends to lay a little lower on the grid and you have to, you know, kind of get introduced to him word of mouth. Word of mouth. Yeah. I love that. that. That's, that's the best yeah. way to be. Man. So it's been great with him. He's changed my life. And when it comes to people that, you know, others may be aware of that are people that I look up to. Uh, one is Paul check, love Paul check, amazing man, like yes. really on a lot of levels from, I mean, all levels, literally all levels on earth and other planes as well. Other, <laughs> other, uh, other people I look up to, uh, Ed Milet, he's great. Puts out a lot of content for young men. Uh, Elliot Hulse. I like Elliot's stuff. He's gone through some ups, downs, different trajectories, directions. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the list goes on, but yeah, it's interesting how there's so many people out there that we can get value from. And it's just a oh, matter yeah. of, you know, finding these people, creating a tribe where you can have conversations like this because it's having conversations like you and I are having now where we get to talk about the things that we've learned, talk about the people that we've gained knowledge from mm. share podcast, share different experiences and strategies. And then you can take some of this knowledge. I get some of this knowledge from you that can then introduce me to say like Robin, this could be a, 
a new direction for yeah. me to dive deep into. So there's a lot of value in listening to 100%. other people speak and to have these conversations. And I love having these conversations because it really opens yeah. things up. Dude, it's, there's, there's no telling how one line from a podcast or one line from a book is going to hit you and it can completely change the direction of your life. Like one line can literally send you down a totally different direction you thought you were going. And like you said, being open and willing to learn from anybody, you can literally learn from the janitor that's cleaning the coffee shop that you go to. Like you can learn from anybody and being open and willing to learn based off just the people. Cause you don't know the experiences that these people go through. And like you said, when you're open to it and you surround yourself with a, a bunch of different people from different backgrounds that have different experiences, different podcast books, you pull from each thing that you like and you form your own philosophy. You form your own experience and lifestyle around all these things that you've learned because yeah, everybody's different. Some things that, that you're more tailored to, I might not be or vice versa, right? I think everybody that's on a similar wavelength is all around the same, but there's definitely going to be some personal spice added to your philosophy that you believe in. So I love that. I love that you touched on investment. And this is something that you know, I've, I've struggled with in the past is like taking that, that step to invest in yourself. And it's hard because yeah, it's an investment. You're like, Oh, I got to pay this guy, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month to, to, you know, check in with me and be, it's like, yeah, but having that mentor and having that coach and spending that money on a high ticket value, like having a coach like yourself is it's, it's priceless because, okay, you're paying a thousand dollars now or whatever the price is a couple thousand. And you are reap these benefits that you will get are priceless. It might change your entire life and make you a hundred X what you invested if you do this right. You know, so um that investment in yourself, and I know for young men, especially like you said, coming out of college or, you know, like in your early twenties, it's it's very hard to value an investment like that. You're like, ah, uh, do I need it? I can just do this. Like, nah, man, having that accountability and that mentor is huge. And you know, Matt Komen was one of those for me. Um, an, an early mentor for me that took me down this road of, of self-development. Like I was, I was leaning towards something like this. I didn't know exactly what it was. And then I joined Togethership, uh, you know, where Matt was at and uh, it completely changed everything. So I'm, it's all coming full circle. And it's amazing that, you know, you're touching on all these points that I've talked with Matt about and, and that we're on. So it's, it's really cool, but I'd like to, uh, I'd like to plug you up, man. What? So we have, we have primal prescription, primal RX, that's like your men's, you're like, uh, you're kind of like your men's group. You have a course coming out under that. You just mentioned another business and you're consulting. I just kind of want you to give this rundown of what you're offering, what's coming out, what can we look forward to, where can awesome. we find you? Yeah, thanks, Caleb. Uh, first off, Primal RX, you can find my men's aesthetic physique program coming out Monday. This is August 15th. It'll be opening up. So if you're interested in that, you can find that at primalrx.com. Uh, right now, you can get my free Peak Physique Playbook by going to that website, primalrx.com, put in your email, get the Peak Physique Playbook, then you'll get notified when the Men's Aesthetic Program comes out. If you're looking for coaching, you can find coaching there as well. Uh, that's a good place. Link up with me at cody at primalrx.com. As for the business Powerful Subliminals, that's a business that we create self-help subliminal audios, meditations, and primers to help reprogram the subconscious mind. So a lot of our subconscious mind dictates our thoughts and our reality. So when we can reprogram how we think on a subconscious level, that can change the way that we think consciously, the way that we feel and the way that we show up in life. So 
our subliminal audios include anything from nature sounds. We have binaural beats. And then each one of our subliminal audio includes a detailed script of positive affirmations. The affirmations in the script depend on what the actual script is designed to do, but it's all self-help subliminal audios. If you're interested in that, you can find more info at PowerfulSubliminals.com. We also have a iOS app and an Android app that you can download. If you go to your app store, search Powerful Subliminals, it'll be one or two that the first pop, the first ones that pop up. The logo is a blue line with headphones and hypnotic eyes. So you can recognize it that way. Yeah, it's, so, it's pretty dope. I use it more than anyone, to be honest. Uh, I'm probably using the audios more <laughs> than anyone else, but it's dramatically changed my life. I use subliminal audios six, seven mm -hmm. years ago, saw huge benefit. And through that, me and my good friend, Daniel Karan decided that we would then create our own subliminal audio company. Uh, because of how obsessed with self-help, personal growth that we are, we know we have a lot to offer there. So powerful subliminals, you can find out more with that. And then the other main project is, uh, we didn't get to touch on this. This will be something that maybe on a different podcast, we can bring more of the team is our yeah. corporate wellness business, Opti Wellbeing. And that's a, a project that we have going on. It's our corporate wellness business offering healthier solutions in the workplace to improve culture, well-being, and engagement. So uh, that's a deep, another conversation that we could go into, but um, Matt yeah. Coleman, he's... Part yeah. two for and sure. And Matt's on team with that. Matt's an amazing guy, uh, just a remarkable dude. So um, yeah, this... Yeah, you guys have a great team at Opti. I... You know, that's where I met you guys, obviously, I met you and then, and then the rest of the team, I'm already knowing that, but, um, you know, you guys have such an incredible business that you're starting with that. And it's very important. And we'll talk about, obviously, on a, we're going to have a part two, it's, it's inevitable. And I'm going to do a part two. I'm manifesting and working towards having a fucking studio studio set up and flying, you know, Whoa. my guests out and doing it big, man. That's, that's the goal here. That's, uh, that's what I want to do for these part twos. That's why I, it's going to be cool seeing the come up awesome. with all this, but no, Opti Wellbeing, um, it's it's needed, man. Like transforming corporate America and your workplace and just places that need it, like to be healthy, man. It's not healthy sitting at your fucking desk all day, curled up at your fucking screen, you know, and having healthy alternatives and implementing all these things that you've talked about throughout this whole podcast. And I am personally going to download that ebook after this and I'm going to look at the subliminal, powerful subliminals. And um, I mean, I'm going to tap into all that stuff because I am a believer of what you're pushing and obviously just what you're presenting man you are you embody it all so it's not it, it's real life shit you know and i've obviously met you in person i felt the energy so um it's it's a no-brainer for me so anybody listening i just really encourage to i mean this could be your first step into changing your life you know what i mean if you take you know cody's courses or whatever the case you know if you want to work with a one-on-one -on -one, that'd be awesome too but um just take that first step into investing in yourself and it will pay off tremendously the payoff yeah brother but, man this was a powerful yeah, I podcast. I appreciate everything you said. It's a true honor and it's a pleasure connecting with you. There's a lot of value here. And, and just like you said, with in regards to the personal growth, it's like I was doing personal growth before I called it personal growth, before I realized it was personal growth. Mm -hmm. Just like you said with your journey with Matt, realizing that there's something greater that you're destined for. There's something more that you're looking to get out of life. That's exactly how I felt. As soon as I learned that... Like people call it personal growth, self-help, development. I'm like, oh shit. All right. Well, 
maybe I'm going to call it something else. Cause I don't, it's not sexy. It's almost like, yeah. it's like I was embarrassed to even talk about it. Where now it's like, I don't give a fuck. Like my life is radically changed and mm-hmm. it's so much better. And I live life just radically honest. And so being able to just take actions moving forward, maybe it's personal growth for you. Maybe you call it something different, but it's a journey of becoming optimized day after day again and again. And so it's a beautiful thing to come on your podcast, to have you come on and share this time with you, this amazing conversation. And yeah, brother, really appreciate you having me on. Dude, I mean, again, likewise, there's definitely going to be a part two, but yeah, thanks for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners will as well. So um, yeah, until, until next, next time. time.